Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry, featuring the ministry of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee, two ministers of God's economy who served together in China for nearly 20 years. Watchman Nee was imprisoned by the Chinese government in 1952 and remained there until his death in 1972. Following his imprisonment, Witness Lee carried on this ministry in Taiwan and eventually in America and ultimately around the world. He served the Lord for more than 70 years before going to be with him in 1997. His major contribution was through a 21-year labor he called Life Study, an exhaustive commentary on the entire Bible. This program is based on those messages. Before we join today's show, we'd like to give you our website where you can find more programs just like this one. It's lsmradio.org. Again, lsmradio.org radio.org. Now, here's our show today. The Bible, in both the Old and New Testaments, speaks of the coming of the kingdom of God. The Jews, at the time of the Lord Jesus and his disciples, had a definite understanding of this fact, and so it's not surprising that the Pharisees questioned him about when the kingdom would come. His answer is recorded in Luke chapter 17, gives us tremendous insight not just as to the timing of the kingdom, but as to what the kingdom of God is in reality. And his answer touches many topics of great interest even today, such as the rapture of the believers. If you've ever wondered, when will the Lord Jesus come again and set up his kingdom? You won't want to miss our program today. Francis Ball has joined us. Francis, we have uh, quite a topic before us, don't we? We do have a topic that's of primary interest to a lot of Christians. Uh, I think we should um, probably warn or alert our listeners beforehand that what they're going to hear today may not in uh, many ways line up precisely with what they're used to hearing about this topic. Uh, and so we do encourage them to tune in, to really uh, open to some speaking that uh, we hope will be full of light, and if possible, to get their Bibles out for this one and, and really follow along because we want uh, to present this as it's presented in the pages of the New Testament especially, don't we? Yes, that's very important because uh, some of these matters, particularly about the rapture, have been uh, presented in a way that's not exactly according to the Scriptures. And there's been that kind of expectation and hope that we hope will be uh, clarified by the message today. One of the things that uh, we want to point out at the beginning, and I think we'll use it as our introduction, and that is the connection between the rapture and the kingdom. We're going to see the Lord Jesus introduce the matter of rapture, though not with that term, but in concept it's clear here in Luke 17. But it comes in answer to a question that the Pharisees had regarding the kingdom. But really, according to the revelation in the scriptures, Francis, we can't separate these two, can we? That's right. Actually, we will see today that these two are not only inseparable, but they really are included in one wonderful person the Lord Jesus Christ himself. He is the rapture and he is the kingdom. Let's look at the verses that we want to focus on today. In Luke chapter 17, I'll read a few of them. And when he was questioned by the Pharisees as to when the kingdom of God was coming, he answered them and said, The kingdom of God does not come with observation. 
For just as lightning flashing from one end of heaven shines to the other end of heaven, so will the Son of Man be in his day. But he first must suffer many things and be rejected by this generation. And now jumping ahead a little bit. In that day, he who will be on the housetop and his goods in the house, let him not come down to take them away. And he who is in the field, likewise, let him not turn back to the things behind. I tell you, in that night there will be two on one bed. The one will be taken, and the other will be left. There will be two women grinding together. The one will be taken, but the other left. Two men will be in the field. One will be taken, and one will be left. Who are all these ones, Francis? We want to find out today, don't we? Quite an interesting thing. One taken and one left. One taken and one left. One taken and one left. Seems to cover... Uh, every possible way. Let's join Witness Lee for his first portion today. You have to realize the rapture of his overcoming believers is a part of the kingdom of God. And that rapture, actually speaking, is also the Savior himself. This needs a lot of explanation. Within you, if there's no Christ, you could never be raptured. Actually, the rapture we will participate in is Christ himself. When you have, I use human expression, try to understand me. When you have sufficient Christ in you, you are what? You are just like a broom full of air. You know, when the broom it's full of air, it goes up. When it becomes flat, it drops. Are you flat today? Or are you full of Christ? When you are full of Christ, that means you are full of the pneuma, the air. You are what? You are going up. The more air you have, the higher you go. The less air you have, the more you come down. Probably before tonight, you never thought about this. <laughs> to be raptured means to be filled with Christ. This feeling Christ is your rapture, right? The air raptures the boom. Well, Francis, he said uh, a lot in that short uh, portion we just listened to. For example, that the rapture and the kingdom are both just Christ himself. But I want to pick up his analogy here, his uh, metaphor to the balloon being filled, of course, with helium, as he was he used the term air or pneuma, but uh, we would consider it a helium balloon. The more you put in, the higher it rises. As a picture of the rapture, pick up this analogy. It's a good one. That really is a good one because uh, that Christ that he's talking about, that we're to be full of, was planted in us as a seed and has been growing and developing. The more we have of that Christ, the more we have of this divine helium that will prepare us and equip us to be lifted out, we will go up. So this matter of rapture is a matter of being full of Christ. It's actually Christ himself who is raptured, and uh-huh. we have him in us, and in his rapture we're included if we're full of him. He mentioned about having sufficient Christ to be filled up to the point that we're ready to be raptured. 
So that, that implies a lot. That indicates that there are some that are full and some that are not full. But it doesn't mean that they don't have the Christ. But to have him to a sufficient amount to be the divine helium that raises us up, that will be the rapture. Francis, uh, uh, the point you uh, made, I want to underscore if I could. Uh, it's really Christ in us that's being raptured. So it's, of course, we know from the Bible that Christ is descending out of heaven to the earth, and his called ones, his, uh, the ones he is rapturing, of course, are rising up to meet him in the air. So it's a Christ from above meeting the Christ uh, from the earth, and these two components of Christ uh, really are joined in this rapture, aren't they? That's right. He's coming and we're going. Francis, uh, I'd like to point back to the portions that we read from Luke 17, if I could, because we're going to uh, move on now to a related topic, and that is uh, uh, as to who ends up where at this time in the rapture. Mm -hmm. And the common interpretation of this passage that we read were the two here, one, of course, being saved and the other unsaved. But one thing we'd like to point out is that uh, each one of these sets of two, the two were the same. There were two in the bed. There were two in the field. There were two grinding. So it's uh, not as if there was one uh, a saved one and one unsaved. It appears to be referring to believers in both cases, doesn't it? Yes, it certainly does. And the rest of the Scripture bears this out, too. Okay. I want to pick up another verse uh, that we left out when we read a moment ago because it does come to this point of, who ends up where? And a point we touched when Lot's wife was brought up, it's uh, back in this chapter in this portion again. Verse 32 says, in this context of the rapture, remember Lot's wife. Whoever seeks to preserve his soul life will lose it, and whoever loses it will preserve it alive. Let's go back to Witness Lee. The overcomers do not seek to preserve their soul life. They don't seek to preserve to save their soul life, not loving nor caring for the material things because of the warning concerning Lot's wife. You all know the story. Lot's wife was rescued by the angels out of Sodom, but her heart was still there. And the angel charged Lot and his wife, go, don't look back. Forget about Sodom. Sodom is altogether under God's condemnation. But Lot's wife, she couldn't forget Sodom. And she had a lingering look. That way, she became a tasteless salt peter. This matter of salt becoming tasteless has been covered already in chapter 14. Now, in chapter 17, it refers back to that portion. Here, chapter 17, a person belonging to the Lord, even rescued by his angels, she actually became tasteless. She had some salt, but had lost her flavor. So she became a pillar of salt. That was a shame. And here in this chapter, Lot's wife was neither in the city of Sodom nor in the place where Lot was saved to. She got stuck in the third location, a location of shame. I do believe very, very few Christian readers, even Christian teachers, have ever seen the third location. 
most of the Christian teachers only pointed out two locations, yes or no, lost or saved, no third location. But in the New Testament Revelation, surely there is a third location, not a location of being saved, neither location of being lost, but a location of suffering shame. We Christians who love the Lord all have been warned of Lot's wife's story. So we would not care for the physical things. We would not put our heart there. We would not preserve our soul in those things. We will be filled with the heaven air. We will not go down. We will rise up. Well, Francis, as we began the program today, uh, alerting our listeners that they were going to hear something that didn't line up perhaps with their traditional understanding of this matter of the rapture, I think we've just come to that point right here. If we go back to chapter 14, the point was made that if you carefully read this story of Lot's wife, there are three possible outcomes uh, for a human being in terms of what happens when they meet the Lord. The first being represented by Sodom and Gomorrah, which of course were engulfed in flames and the Lord's judgment. Um, The positive represented by Lot. He was rescued and escaped and went to a place uh, of honor and glory. The third place is represented by Lot's wife because she was neither in the city nor in the place. How about these three potential outcomes and how does it relate to the rapture? Well, there's certainly these three very clear here that when uh, Lot was in Sodom and uh, he was delivered out and taken by the angels out of there, and that included his wife also. And when they left the city, Lot was taken on and taken up to a high mountain. And that's kind of an illustration of the kingdom. But Lot's wife did not go on. She looked back, and her backward glance, her looking back to Sodom, caused her to be in a place of shame. She became a cake of tasteless salt, So this is a third place, place of shame. So it says, uh, in the case of Lot's wife, we're even warned, remember Lot's wife. This is not like an unsaved person back in Sodom who's under God's judgment, but it's like a saved person who does not have an adequate amount of divine helium to be taken to the high mountain, but is lacking in her consecration and in her gaining of Christ, so that she is left in a place of shame. And I just feel, Chris, we need to take this warning very seriously, that if we don't live Christ day by day, take him as our life, as our everything, we could end up not being in that rapture, which will take those who are filled with an adequate supply of Christ as their life. We'll be left here in a place of shame. It doesn't mean we've lost our salvation. It means we've lost the kingdom reward. It means that we've lost the opportunity to be raptured when the Lord Jesus comes for his overcomers. Francis, this is, uh, I think, a very key point. We're not talking about the loss of salvation. But if you pick up the analogy that we had of the balloon rising, and it rises by virtue of what it's filled with. Obviously, in Lot's wife's case, she was filled with something else. She was still filled with a love for what she was leaving behind, which is, of course, obviously why she turned to look back. So the rapture will be determined 
and our place in it will be determined by what we're filled with. Right. That's really uh, the key underlying point today, isn't it? I do believe so, and this is warning to us and also a, a charge to us that we would gain this divine helium in our lifetime and not look back and be held back by the things of the world and the material things, not looking back and not longing for something else. Our soul will be saved if we forsake it. Well, we have to remember that all of these points are brought out by the Lord Jesus in response to the question at the beginning of the section in verse 20 that we read. The Pharisees asked him, and when he was questioned by the Pharisees as to when the kingdom of God was coming, he answered them and said, the kingdom of God does not come with observation. We want to go back to this point related to the kingdom and how it connects with the matter of our being prepared and ready to meet him in rapture. Let's go back to Witness Lee. If you take care of the context from verse 21, the Pharisees ask when the kingdom of God comes. And all the following verses add one answer. And this one answer is the person who is the kingdom of God in his first coming, in his suffering, and then in his second coming, and in his overcomer's rapture. In all these, he is within as the kingdom of God. Try to follow me. The kingdom of God is not an organization. It's not a physical realm. The kingdom of God is just the Son of God as life soon into his believers to grow and to develop into a spiritual realm in which God rules in life. This is the kingdom of God, which is a living person. And this living person was in his first coming, was also in his suffering, and was also, as far as the earth is concerned, in his second coming, and was also in his believers, the overcoming ones, rapture. In all these instants, this living person is there as the kingdom of God. What is the kingdom of God? Just a living person. When he comes, the kingdom of God comes. It comes in his first coming to the earth, and it comes in his suffering, and it comes in his second coming, and it comes in his overcoming saints rapture. Eventually, it comes in his destroying of the Antichrist. Now you get the answer. When the kingdom of God comes, the answer is that when the Son of God to be the Son of Man comes the first time, the kingdom comes with him. When he goes to the cross, the kingdom goes with him. When he will come back again the second time, the kingdom will come back with him. When his overcoming saints will be raptured, the kingdom of God will be there. When Antichrist will be defeated by the coming Christ, the kingdom of God will be there. Because the kingdom of God is just this living person. He is the kingdom of God, so wherever he is, he brings the kingdom of God there. Whenever he appears, 
he appears as the kingdom God. Well, Francis, everyone wants to know, like the Pharisees, when is the kingdom of God coming? But probably the more pertinent question is, what is the kingdom of God? And uh, this uh, rather complicated answer to their simple question, if we really get into it, really tells us, doesn't it, that the kingdom of God is uh, not so many things, but... That's right. It's not just an event, but the kingdom of God is the Son of God who came the first time. And when he was here on the earth and he performed certain acts like casting out demons, that was him as the kingdom of God. So he said, when, uh, when these things happen, that means the kingdom of God is among you. That means he himself was here. When he went to the cross, also the kingdom went with him. And when he comes again, the kingdom will come with him. So we need to realize that this matter of the kingdom is actually a person. It's all included in the person of Christ himself. And he taught his disciples to pray, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So when Christ ascended to the heavens, the kingdom went with him. And when he comes back, the kingdom is with him. And the kingdom will be established on the earth. So we praise the Lord that this wonderful person is in us, growing in us, day by day, preparing us for the rapture, which is the first part of the kingdom of God coming in this coming age. So I really uh, feel that the Lord has opened up this word to us today. And uh, you could say the answer is, when the Son of God came the first time, the kingdom came with him. And when he went to the cross, the kingdom went with him. And when he comes back, the kingdom will come back with him. For all this, we see that the kingdom of God is actually the living person of the man-savior, Jesus Christ himself. Francis, in the question they asked in verse 20, when will the kingdom come? His answer includes this phrase in verse 24, which we've read. For just as the lightning flashing from one end of heaven shines to the other end of heaven, so will the Son of Man be in his day. Yeah. Even there is the clue, isn't it? He, uh, they asked when the kingdom will come, and he said, the Son of Man. All right. I wish we had more time to get into such a, a vast yeah. topic. We seem to touch it frequently, but uh, the time fleets, I would say, races away and uh, doesn't give us an opportunity. So we're left, as we typically do, Francis, with uh, <laughs> the task of recommending to our listeners that right. they contact us about the printed message, because no doubt this has probably stirred some interest. Um, and we hope not just idle curiosity. These matters are too great and are too close to uh, God's heart and the accomplishment of his eternal purpose for them to be uh, left just to our idle curiosity. We really need a a desperateness, don't we, when we seek the Lord and his word on these points. And I hope that the listeners will be desperate enough to write in or call in for the written message because they can get this Related to verse by verse will be a big help. It really will. Uh, Our toll-free number, if you would like to contact us, 1-888-LIFE-STUDY, 888-543-3788. Our mailing address is Living Stream Ministry, Post Office Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814. And our email address is radio at lsm.org. I know uh, this topic is is very important and uh, of great interest to many believers. Uh, I do want to point out again the toll-free number, probably the, uh, the means that most people use to contact us if you would like to find out about receiving these printed messages on this topic of the kingdom and the rapture, 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. 
Francis, thank you for being with us today. I hope you'll join us again uh, very soon. I hope to. And for Francis Ball, I'm Chris Wilde. We'd like to thank you for listening today. Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. The focus of Living Stream is the works of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee, two co-laborers with the Lord in China in the first half of the 20th century. After World War II, Witness Lee brought this ministry first to Taiwan, then later to North America and eventually to the entire world. For more than 20 years, he spoke these life study messages, unveiling how each book of the Bible shows God's eternal plan. God, through Christ, wants to dispense his life and nature into redeemed man so that man would become God's expression, enlargement, counterpart, and habitation. These studies go far beyond mere doctrine and unveil a personal, practical, and experiential Christ. In these short 26-minute programs, we summarize and condense Witness Lee's rich speaking. But to enjoy all the riches in these messages, we hope you'll visit our website at lifestudy.com. There, you can read all of the Life Study messages absolutely free of charge. You can even create your own Life Study reading schedule or download more Life Study audio programs just like this one and all at no cost. Again, the website, lifestudy.com. Thanks for listening.